Hi guys. <laughs> Welcome back to RTCT, the respiratory therapist live out loud. With me, your host, Linda Fry, the Asthma Lady. Yes. Welcome everybody. Welcome to anybody new. I'm super excited for today's episode because we have another guest co-host and she is an entrepreneur. Yes, Miss Gina Hoots. I love your name, by the way. <laughs> so yes. She's going to share her perspectives with us. And for those of you who don't know what an RT Panua is, that is a respiratory therapist that's kind of like have their own business, their own side hustle, just kind of doing their own thing and share their perspectives on RT Shanti. So, Gina, welcome so much for being on the show. I am, before I let you do your thing, I'm going to let you, I'm going to read your accolades and your bio and hopefully. I get it straight. <laughs> so, okay. Gina Hoots is a highly regarded, accomplished healthcare professional in Central Illinois with broad expertise, broad experience in the field of respiratory care. Her passions are relationship-based patient care and the promotion of high-quality, value-added respiratory care services. She is a proponent of establishing con- continuity of care and collaborative care models that strive to break down barriers between provider and patients while allowing patients to maximize their quality of life in meaningful ways. She started her credential collection in 1991 with the CPFT written exam. Today, she has earned the RRT, the RRT, ACCS, the CCSH, and most recently, the AEC. Yes, (laughs) she has been and still is the bedside RT tireless advocate, cheerleader for RT autonomy, safe society, volunteer extraordinaire, and mom to many blessings. Yes. Her RT career is a diverse as is as diverse as a patchwork quilt with the current road yet determined. However, asthma keeps showing up unexpected in unexpected ways. Yes, yes, and yes. I'm here for mm-hmm. Regina. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, yes. Um, guys, just please give me some grace. This is Asthma and Allergy Month. And for those of you who know me, I have bad allergies. And I woke up with the worst kind this morning. But we're going to push through. Uh, so, Gina... Thank you again for being here with us. So I always, um, you know, like to share those that are with us on the show, their perspective and, um, you know, what, what, what made you get into the RT field? We all have a story. So Mm -hmm. let's hear yours. What is it? Mine's kind of a little boring, but it's built in uh, to my brain. Um, I knew I wanted to work in healthcare my whole life. I don't know why. Um, but as I approached uh, high school graduation and after, um, you know, you get to mean teenager kinds of things and being a doctor is less attainable, you know, at that age. So um, I went to the community college and I found this brochure. It was red. And I'm going to look up that brochure someday to find out a copy. But it's a respiratory therapy. Never heard of it. I think it was called respiratory care at the time. And uh, I went and job shadowed at the hospital. And I was I was in love from the beginning. Uh, and never questioned my career choice. I found a little ADHD, so the the diversity of of um, jobs for the day, uh, mm-hmm. the minute, the, the year has really been a, a godsend for my brain. 
Yes, 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 yes. So yes, we all, I feel like I, the more people I speak to, I'm always waiting for that person to say like, oh yes, I wanted to be a respiratory therapist by since I was a little girl or something like that. For, for as, as, as far as I know, most people kind of fell into it by accident or <laughs> like I just saw a, a sign on a door and I was like, hmm, what's this, you know? So that is, um, so it's always good to just hear everyone's, how everybody fell into it. We all fell right <laughs> into it. So, okay. With that being said, so what led you, what made you say, okay, now is the time I've seen your, you know, kind of followed your career and I just saw all your, your leadership roles. So what made you want to take those roles and how did you get into them? Like leadership and then moving towards consulting? Well, quite honestly, I've uh, kind of just been the leader that almost by default, because I like to go to meetings. Uh, my mom was that way, right. that way. Goodness sakes, the four-year-old here in the home, she has the same way. She has her little office, the whole nine yards. So I've just been a meeting kind of person. I know that RTs need a voice at that table so badly. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to save the world. So um, um, me and the team here in Decatur, we implemented RT protocols way back when that are still in existence today. Um, took lots of best practices. Had a great COPD team. And that's really where I've spent the last nice. several years in the COPD world. Um, but joint commission and doing all the things, because I always want to do bigger and better. My um, top skill is futuristic. So I'm always out here. I don't right. always know how to get there. And that's where my team helps me get along there. Um, but yeah, I always, always wanted to do bigger and better. And that voice at the table is so important. Somebody has to do it. Right. Um, there will be somebody speaking for you and you might not like the voice at the table. Right, right. Uh, I have uh, some strong nurse leaders that really um, helped me along the way too. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's good because I was going to ask you like what, yeah, like who, who helped you along your journey? Because we, we often knows that, um, you know, may have like a mentor or someone that kind of, you know, pushed you or motivated you to be mm -hmm. in that, on that path. So, yeah. So I really had a very nice, stable um, nurse leadership team for quite a long time. So mm -hmm. my director, Robin Rising, she was the director of the Heart and Lung Institute. So naturally being a PFT person, I went under her and did that. Um, without knowing it, uh, the team had nominated me to be the first educator in a long time. Uh, the team had gone through a lot of decentralization back in the 90s. If you don't know what that is, they took all of the respiratory therapists away and made them be essentially nurse aides under the nursing wow. team. They were, they were disbanded and moved out and they couldn't even talk to each other and have lunch together. Wow. And so they healed a lot over that time. So I was that leader that helped to try to heal that. Um, in, the, in, the, in the same time though, I also took on way too much for myself. And I'm learning now, that we've got to have a balance of how much we do for the team and how much we expect the team to do for us. Right. Yes. I, as a program director myself, I had to learn that too. You have to, you, you can do um, your part, but you know, the team as well, once you motivate right. them and give them the tools that they need, they have to perform right. as well. And then you guys just kind of balance each other out. So yes, that's, right. that is the truth. I've got my, my strong medical director, um, Steve Arnold, he's been there my entire career and he's always been very respiratory focused, as is my uh, right-hand man, Sarah Heiger. She's always been the, the voice of reason for me. So when I'm over the clouds, she brings me down to the ground. 
So right. having that strong team around you is good. Okay. Okay. So, and okay. So now, so you, you did all the leadership roles. Cause like I said, I, mm-hmm. I saw you have a long uh, history of just different roles and, um, you know, once again, leadership and stuff like that. So now what made you say, okay, I, I'm ready to kind of branch out on my own as a consultant and, um, you know, just making those type of decisions. What led you there? Oh, that's been quite a journey in the last year and a half. So um, as a leader through COVID, I really was shining towards the beginning. We had a great leadership team. We had introduced my meetings every day. We were rocking and rolling, making all the choices. But at the same time, we had also gone from an independent hospital to a, um, a, a, a one that was uh, affiliated with a health system. And so the decision-making became out of our hands. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I tried to work harder into the health system but it wasn't to my strengths. Um, and the strengths that I had just were not valued as much anymore. Um, so I had quite a burnout and I took FMLA and I did the things, rested. And I've been a bedside RT in the lab for the last year. And I've really enjoyed that teaching patients, just getting back to my roots where um, it made me feel good. And so now um, instead of having the hard jobs of a leader that you can never win, I now get the daily battles with the patient at the bedside where I do get to win quite often of the time. Mm-hmm. Move that mucus. That that's a uh, you know that first productive cough when they say they haven't been able to cough up for weeks is is for me. Right. That's a good day. It's it's and and I love that part of your story where you said you went from leadership back to um, bedside patient care and mm-hmm. just it connecting you back to your roots. So yeah. I know how that is as yeah. well. Um, just just going back to why, like you know what what like to. Even especially after burnout, um, which I have experienced myself, even prior to COVID, a lot of people in the respiratory field definitely I know experience burnout during that specific time. But um, as someone that works a lot myself, mm-hmm. yes, I've experienced it several times in the career, and I do feel that going back to bedside patient care, even if it's just for with just per diem or whatever, it does help reconnect you back to the profession and um just seeing patients go through their journey and helping them along the way. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, it's great. We got patients, the RTs just have no idea where was Gina at? Where's she at? Well I'm usually at a best like t- talking to a patient and that's kind of culture shock to them. I wear Joe's t-shirt the you know the why is way more important than the how. We need to know why we're doing these things. Okay. I'm um I keep, I just keep beating these drums of my old uh, self that can't give up the quality. Um, I'm not giving in yet to be the old day hag. Sometimes I'm there, but I don't want to. And, um, but the young RTs are teaching me that today's culture is not about working yourself to the bone, but there's, there's a balance. So I'm really enjoying um, having, having those experiences today. Yes, 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 yes. Totally agree. And so while we're on the topic of you finding, you know, just your your way, um, is how was it taking the exam? What what made you want oh. to become, you know, an asthma education specialist uh-huh. and take the exam? Like and how and how was it? I I haven't taken it. Well, the test was very, very difficult. So I take a lot of tests just because I like it. I don't have test anxiety. And I find it a challenge and it really validates that, yeah, I do know my stuff and, and um, I'm a good RT. You know, even when you have some of that self-doubt or the um, imposter syndrome, no, I still got it. I can answer these questions. And, you know, I remember. So 
but Bayhem there's been a lot changed since 1995. I had no idea about smart therapy. Um, so smart when I started therapy. my career, right. we were doing smart the off We were the doing everything. Though. That's, that's yeah. like more um, recent for us in the U.S. Huh? But uh, My husband, he was probably one of my patients back in the day when we did some of the timeline stuff because he was a frequent asthma flyer back then um, when I was a young RT. But um, so much has changed. And then uh, I've got a husband who I've been taking care of his asthma for, for oh, 13 years now. No ER uh, visits. Okay. Right. And now I've got a, I got uh, one, probably the second one, also getting uh, quite severe asthma. So um, we've been on the smart therapy bandwagon since I was studying for the test. And it's doing right. well. Last night, I'm like, have you taken your inhale? Yes, I have. Well, it kept on going. Gave him his inhaler, and he just went right to sleep. So um, that smart therapy is fabulous. Nice, 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 nice. So yeah. you said, because I that exam, because people ask me about that Hard. exam all the time. And I'm like, well, I took it in 2010. And mm-hmm. I knew, and I, and that's why I said, congrats. When yeah. I saw that you took the exam and you passed it yeah. on the first attempt is, is amazing because I know for a fact, I know a lot of people and I mean, mm-hmm. doctors, nurses, oh, yeah. PAs, respiratory therapists who have taken that exam and, and, and did not pass on the first try. Right. And so um, kudos to you. And um, I'm included in that. <laughs> I took yeah. it back in 2010. I failed it the first time I ran out of time. Like it was, I was just taking it's a long to read those questions. And then I went yeah. to use the bathroom and it was that yeah. the end of my story. Yeah. <laughs> I was just well, like, I took, I just did not, I didn't, I just didn't like study for the exam because I, right. I'm like, I'm a respiratory therapist. I got it. <laughs> so uh, number one, I'm a great test taker. So I don't have test anxiety and I read pretty well, but I was still a long test. I was in there two and a half hours, I think. Uh, that, long, even for me. Uh, um, and then uh, it also drew on every experience that I've had in all those 30 years, mm-hmm. patient education, Mm-hmm. It needed inpatient care. It needed outpatient care. It needed PFT. Yep. Um, most people I know uh, that work beside me would not be able to answer those basic PFT questions. It wasn't that it was that hard, but I even had to write it down one time. Going from three liters to four liters, what percent change is that? We're used to for the computer doing that for us. Well, it's like, I might need a calculator. Like, I might have to bring yeah. out a calculator. It's, it is uh-huh. crazy. I remember um, the questions on... Um, even program management, program evaluation. I didn't even, I didn't even know that stuff back then, you know, right. Oh, I know it because of the role. Right. Like, the questions. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That was just like intense. Part of this is I want to be, I decided after my burnout, you know, what can I do? I'm looking around what's going on these days and a health mm-hmm. coach really kept popping up. So I was like, I want to be a health coach. I think I can do a good job with that. Right. Um, and I haven't really gone very far with that other than making some uh, some profiles, but um, the patients that we take care of often can't pay for this kind of therapy that I want to provide. And um, uh, 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 so we need to get with the, the communities like you are and uh, and work on that low cost asthma education for the, the world. At the same time, we know we go out there with our table and our asthma supplies and the community won't show up either. So partnering with people is very important. So I, I appreciate you and, and your guide. Your guide is around here somewhere, totally up there. Uh, above me. Oh, yes, um, Gina, Gina, I appreciate you. You are such a, uh, a supporter of. I support <laughs> everybody. 
But yeah, there's a there's a handbook up for there for me to read one of these days on uh, how to get that asthma going. Like if you didn't know, way way back when in my early career, so this is late '90s, um, there was an asthma coalition here in Decatur. Mm -hmm. We've got a very high asthma burden, and that fell apart over the years. But yeah, I've been doing asthma for as long as I can remember, mm -hmm. and love that we have all the asthma tools today to to take care of that. We didn't have Advair. Advair changed the game for everybody. Right. We but there's still a lot of work to do. Like you said, with, with all the medications out there and what we know today, um, still a lot of work to do. So, so it, the, the demand you is- You presented your asthma story one day. Uh, sorry, I talked over you. Sir. I'm very bad at talking over, so I'll try to watch that. Um, but you're, you just triggered my memory about your asthma story uh, with your uh, mom and grandma that you talk about. That happened to be the only thing I saw that morning in those in that entire program when you did it a way back. And then I had my own um, asthma woman who was pregnant and she was on a ventilator. I've never seen anybody so bad. You couldn't take her peep off for a second. You couldn't touch her mm -hmm. and she did survive and she wow. lived and it was discharged from the hospital. And I don't know how that was done, but but I keep having my um, my brain woken up. Uh, the pulmonary said, I'm not gonna try Meg, but he did and, and there it was. We pulled the, the guidelines that day to see how, what are we missing? So um, it's a powerful story you see out there. And you don't want to see those stories. You want to see that there's, where's the asthma people? Nobody, there's no asthma admissions anymore. Right. You don't right. know anything about it. We, so. I mean, sharing, sharing, I think all types of stories pretty much benefit mm -hmm. just, just knowing what your intentions are behind the story. Yeah. But um, when we share the the good and the bad and what we learn Absolutely. from those stories is, I think it's- with us. True blessing. Um, and, and so you hit, you started to talk about the, 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 the barriers, what you, I think your uh -huh. aha moments, and that's the next question. So what would you, what would be your advice for anybody that wants to do the same thing? Like that just wants to move into an area of consulting and what were your, if any, what barriers did you have in along your journey and, or in leadership? Yeah. Well, um, early on in leadership, I just just kind of went with the flow and with with the um, the environment I was in. I mm -hmm. wish I would have done more active learning. Uh, now that there's a lot more um, educators like me out there that are sharing the um, the information uh, on different platforms like this RT Share T, it really helps the young RTs to know, yeah, we're okay. It's going to take steps and starts, and and just go where your heart leads you. To. Um, now, this next stage, I didn't really know I was going to get into consulting, but it just kind of fell. I've always been a, no, don't start your small business because it's it's too hard. My mom and grandma did that. It's too hard. But but here I am. Um, I live in a fairly small community, but now we're connected. We're connected everywhere. Um, and I've had so many uh, opportunities over the years to gather right. experience and to meet so many colleagues. Um, those 20-some right. years in the Illinois Society of Respiratory Care have been valuable. I have so many colleagues that I can call on in times of crisis or good. If mm -hmm. I need uh, a job, I'm sure I can call many of them to say, hey, I need a job. Can you help me? Actually, I have done that in the past, mm -hmm. especially um, when I was on leave. Um, but I just kind of kept it slow and, and took my time to really evaluate where I was at personally, did a lot of work on myself um, and just kind of learned where I was at in the world. I don't really want to lead other people directly anymore. I'm not good at it. I don't can't tell you how bad you're doing. Linda. I can only tell you how good you are. I can't. So I um 
uh, I want to do too much of myself. So I need to have those boundaries. I need to work these hours and not these hours. Right. So um, I need to do lots of interesting things. So right now I've got um, uh, one part-time job where I kind of help patients with some home care equipment. I've got a part-time job where I'm um, looking at some spirometry behind the scenes and listening to coughs on the cough app. Um, uh, just some really interesting little things. Um, I've got uh, um, different people have reached out to me about. So there's a lot of things that are out there and available. Okay. I'm sorry, Gina. You wait. I think you went out for a few minutes, but I, I heard the last thing you said. Yeah. It's okay. Um, it's, it's those connections. Yeah. No, no, no. It's okay. I, I heard like there was like one word that just went out, but you came back in. Don't worry. Oh, good. Okay. If, if I it, heard the Bluetooth. It's, it's fine. Um, but yes, consultant. And I like what you said prior. Um, you were talking about the networking, like the networking oh, and networking. collaborative efforts. And I think so. So for me, what, what, what I try to do with these sharing, um, different folks perspectives is just showing especially those in the healthcare field that you always can uh have other avenues to create your own opportunities like it's some oh. folks they just feel like they're stuck in acute care like once they do their oh, foundational no. work I always I I am a true believer that your baseline should be acute care like you know oh. especially as a respiratory therapist mm -hmm. um but you should not feel stuck like, okay, this no. is all, is this all there is? It should not feel like that. And once no. it starts to feel like that, that's when it's a problem. So Absolutely. having to- You gotta find something. If you look around, there's something to be done anywhere you're at. So um, what do you complain about your boss? What's, what's your boss doing wrong? Well, help them fix it. They need your help. They're just people like you. Um, they want you to come to them with solutions. Um, yes, ma'am. You know, I always, you know, I want RT protocols. Everybody kept saying the doctors are going to be saying, no, no, no. Well, the RTs were always our biggest barrier because if I implemented protocols, then I'm going to do away with all their work. Well, no, it's just, just we're not giving NEBS. Now we're giving education instead of NEBS what? or inhalers and teaching them before they go home how to use their inhalers. Okay. Um, so that's really my philosophy. And I'm not changed. I want people to be empowered with their own um, self-management. I want RTs to work at the top of their pay grade. But we got to teach, uh, take care of each other, though. We can't just... Right, do right. some things and not the other. Documentation I, is important. I totally agree, and I think so. Even the whole mission behind the the RT Share T podcast is really just that, just pumping the positive vibes of support, just supporting one another, and just just pumping out that positivity. Um, you know, folks who are just doing unique things and just showing people the different things that we do. We we're we're mm -hmm. in like a bunch of settings. We're in a lot of settings and respiratory looks different in each state to me. Like, like I, I just, just hearing someone talk about getting on a plane, like a, a, a like an air, <laughs> getting in a plane to transport a patient as a respiratory therapist from one hospital to another. I, I, that's just crazy to me. That's bizarre to have to think of that. But I, I've had, yeah. But I've had my colleague on the LR Society for Respiratory Board, Curtis Crutchmer has been a flight therapist for many years. So I, I have an exposure in my network. So um, I guess I, I hang out on LinkedIn a lot where there's more RT nerds like us there and less on Facebook. Uh, I try to expose myself to many people. Um, I, I, lo I love it. 
I love it. I just, it just, it just blows my mind just how many, and then, um, uh, remember the, that, that football player who, um, oh had, my gosh, yeah. it's a cardiac arrest earlier this year. I had no idea. After getting tackled, I, I mean, after a tackle and just knowing that our respiratory therapist was on the field and, and even, yeah. even me, I even, I was just like, oh mm -hmm. yeah, that, that just makes sense for a respiratory therapist to be sure. on the team because yeah, you know, who's going to are and all this stuff so we are everywhere you know what i'm saying pretty much and now especially with covid you, you sprinkle covid on top of all of these chronic diseases it's like the, the demand is even higher because we don't know what mm -hmm. these lungs look like yet you know we're right still in the, you know even though they're saying it's over we're still just now you know we still have to see what right. these lungs are going to look like after long covid and everything else you know right lots um, of things and then uh, on top of that you've got the um staffing issues in the hospital so all oh. of your normal staff is gone and been replaced either with new staff new grads or travelers oh. and those people need your support too your patients need your support oh. even if it's not your job please make it your job make it your business cuz somebody might really need you and it doesn't take that much out of your day to, to say, hey, I, I can help you with this. Um, mm -hmm. Because it's kind of a scary place right now in the wards. It, I mean, but what I like to say is... We're helping. We are in demand. <laughs> That's all I it is. That. So I love that. If, if, and uh, um, being consultant, I... So said it again? I've not had... I have not, not had to um, uh, go out and advertise myself as a consultant ever yet. Their jobs are coming to me now. I'm not making tons of money, but I'm learning the ropes and learning what I need to do. Right. Um, but yeah, I think this is a viable uh, career option. Uh, when I uh, went and did some stuff with the board of registered polysom techs, they introduced, uh, uh, I became part of their group and it was just so wonderful to see some other people and how much like they are to respiratory mm -hmm. uh, networking yes. and having some great times. And dancing with you in New Orleans. Liz, you're you're doing you're doing great things. I I just see what you're doing on LinkedIn. For those who don't know, we're kind of like each other's girl crush, you know, in the the network of um in each other's social media networks. And so I, Gina, keep doing what you're doing. Keep you know spreading the positivity and being that mm -hmm. ray of light for everyone. And and I say do your heart's desire. Create the schedule Absolutely. that you want. And and I, I'm doing pretty similar things. Um, you know, over I'm pretty much working around my my son's schedule. He is my boss right now. So right. just do what you, you you have to do. Um, but thank you so much, Gita. So this oh, is you. your time. Plug. Oh. I always give people a time to plug in anything that they're doing, anything new. So go ahead. Where can we find you? What do you have going on? Spill the beans. Oh wow. So I can fi find me on LinkedIn. You can also find me on uh, Facebook. I haven't made it over into the other stuff yet. I'm just getting too old for all the all the different uh, different places. We all sometimes I go over to TikTok because that's really cool. There's some good stuff in there. Um, but uh, I'm working on my website right now. So by the time you see this, it should be able up and running. Hoot Nanny Joy. So my web my uh, new business there I've decided is called Hoot Nanny Joy. I love um, that name, by the way. So we started, so I've only been at Hoots for 13 years. I love it. And, you know, all the owl things are kind of crazy. And his aunts never liked that name, I think. But I kind of embraced it. And then we started having a family Hoot and Nanny every year. That's and last year, I was so down and depressed. 
but we had this gorgeous lake house and his nice. family just came and just you know gave me that big hug and and uh let me heal for a few days those hoot nannies really um speak to me and it could be a small one a large one but but it really fits fits my um fits my mood so hoot nanny joy is the name of my business and um i nice. really would like to take take care of copd patients have somebody you know have a a have a team of them where I call them up, say, hey, how are you doing today? Do you need anything? Uh, it could be asthma families. It could be all kinds of different things. Uh, but I want to take care of some people. Um, but I need to take care of myself and my family, too. And I've given away that money for so many years. And I need to find a way to support us. I, well. I, I totally hear you loud and clear. Yeah. And so what we'll do is for your website, um, when you have the details, I guess when you're ready, Hello. you can share it with me. And if you want... I can add that to the description. Yeah, it may be live now. Where people can um, find you. Um, and you're also part of, we're, we're both part of the Women of Respiratory. Yes. Um, yeah. You could talk more. Well, we've about got that. a Women of Respiratory Facebook group that's just been started uh, by a couple of others that are some of my, uh, my rock stars that I just love to watch out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's not enough women um, in RT. Uh, most of our mm -hmm. leaders are men. Um, if you look around, yes. even though it's a highly uh, women-filled profession, um, I have built my team to be half men. It's not my team anymore. It's in charge of uh, man's in charge of it now. But we work together, and uh, and that women uh, women coming together is really important, so that we can talk about challenges Very. for the women. Um, we usually are less paid because we want more uh, soft benefits. But today, money's money, and it should be equal. Yeah. Um, opportunities, speaker assignments. So, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> Gita, so I'm a cheerleader I for everybody. It's it just doesn't make sense, but yes, I agree with all of the above. And Gina, I guess uh, we will be seeing each other in um, crossing paths because you know we know a lot of the same folk and in the same okay. network. And I'm also in the Women of Respiratory uh, Respiratory Therapist group. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm I'm pretty I'm excited to see where the profession will go because I definitely do feel growth. I see it, um, and just seeing what both the AARC and the NBRC are doing, um, I'm I'm excited. So we'll we'll I guess like we said, we're just gonna continue pushing forward with the positivity and yes. and on our t-shirt team, we'll continue to spread the um Absolutely. everyone's positive messaging. Yeah. I love respiratory. I have never failed me. It's, I, it breaks my heart when somebody says they don't love respiratory. So I usually yeah, it's, it, it does, yeah there are some folks that are just not happy and, and it does it makes me sad because ultimately it. you you can you can make the decisions that um lead to your happiness. So it so shouldn't a, be a quick one if you've got anybody like that, say they're protecting my license. You know what I'm saying? We're all, we're all out there. We're practicing Joe's license. We're doing a great job. <laughs> Gina, thank you so much for being here with us. I appreciate you so much. Thank you guys for being here with us. We are running out of time, but um, I just want to say, oh, please remember that our T-shirt is hosting a vision board party. For those of you in the tri-state area, please remember to hit us up. I will have the, the the link in the description below and um yes it is june 10th i'm trying to like remember off the top of my head the date and so yes guys thank you gina once again and guys don't forget to only compete with your to invest in yourself and to only compete with yesterday's version of you 
Gina don't go nowhere. All right, guys. See you next week.